If you listen to part one of me with Marissa Johnson, you know that she's discovered a clear path for climbing out of your rut. But then what? Glad you asked. Marissa, who is also my niece, also shines a brilliant light on finding your path and avoiding potholes and pitfalls on the way and how it affects everyone around you. Riss, what was that book you told me about? The Five Second Something or Other? Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins. You asked me about procrastination because you have like these uh, (laughs) bins of canvas and acrylic paints and then you don't do it. You know, what's the key to procrastination? Mel Robbins has this five second rule that gets you out of it. So when you have that thought, that idea that pops in your head, like I should host a paint and set party in my home. And then you're like, ah, you have five seconds to do it or write it down or take action. After those five seconds, your brain talks you out of it and says, ah, do it tomorrow. Who's gonna do that with you? This is a stupid idea, don't do it. Just sit here, drink your coffee and shut the hell up. (laughs) So when you get that thought and that idea, five, four, three, two, one, do it. When I first started and I was doing the whole morning routine, it would, you know, hit the snooze button. And then I think of Mel and I was like, nope, get your ass up and do it. Your brain is comfortable with you doing things the same every day. So when you do something or some idea comes into the mix where it's like, oh, hey, what's going on? What's this? You want to do that? Oh, hell no. And <laughs> <laughs> keep going, keep, you know, get dressed, go to work and shut up. And, you know, but it's then it comes back again and it keeps coming until you actually do it because that's something that you crave. That's your soul and your heart and your dreams knocking like uh, we ain't going nowhere. Your brain is trying to keep us locked away, but that heart and that soul and that energy is too strong. So do something different. It's not allowing your brain to keep you safe anymore. There's something that I wrote long ago. It was, I was trying to find it. It was about procrastination. It was like, it's not about being lazy. It's you thinking of the stress of the activity, of doing the activity. But once you actually start doing it, then it's like that experience changes the chemicals in your brain because you actually did it. And your brain is like, oh, this is all right. I could do this. This was enjoyable. We didn't jump off a cliff. This is great. You know, the whole thing of neuroplasticity is your wires are all connected. So they they stay that way. But if you form a new pattern, a change in your brain, and over time you keep doing it, then your brain rewires itself and it becomes a habit. So if you are trying to exercise every day or eat healthier or pray or meditate or whatever, um, when you keep doing it, your brain rewires itself and it just becomes a habit and no longer becomes something that you actually think about. It's just natural. So that's what the five second rule is. Have you started doing it? No, I wanted to get the book and read it. But, you know, I (laughs) she gives a lot of stories about others who have used it or people that she has coached or uh, spoke in front of. And they've written back saying how it changed their lives. So it's interesting to see where people procrastinate in life. 
you would think it was just like doing something, but it's, it's thinking something too, like, woe is me. Oh, and then you're like, no, not woe is me. Go me. It's not taking that anymore. It's not doing that anymore. It's not falling in that depression rut of feeling stuck. And that stuck feeling comes from just an unhealthy set of patterns that you've been doing throughout your life that just doesn't work and you're not getting it because you're it's a habit to get up and go to work i remember one time you or uh, megan asked me what exit my job was off of and i didn't even know i was like i don't know i just get off i was so conditioned that i didn't even really know my route i just drove it was like all right southern state to uh meadowbrook to uh whatever yeah and that was it and (laughs) i knew when to get off i knew and that's when i was like wow i'm on so much of an autopilot that i don't even know the name of the exit i get off of i think sometimes things that you hear the books that you read the new ideas become a revelation just in that here's a new idea not even the the idea specifically but just there would be another way of thinking and i think that's really what your primary purposes with people to to say you know here's where you are look over there and have them go what (laughs) (laughs) i didn't know that was there and i mean what a great gift that is we were talking about like what people want in their life and when did i realize i could help people um when you were growing up and you were in high school or junior high and high school and then college. What was it that you wanted to do? This is going to kill you when I tell you, but I just wanted to be a mother. Mm. I know. And, and like that's that was my only goal was to get the hell out of school and then like have a family. Really? That's what I wanted to do. And then when I had Megan, I don't know if I ever told you this story before. But <laughs> at one point she was... Uh, maybe six, eight weeks old, sleeping in her crib. And I remember sitting on the couch and going, oh, I'm going to have to come up with something else. <laughs> because now I what? realized that, yeah, right, that, that being a mother was like fabulous. Yeah. And of course, like I was so happy, but but that there was a whole nother part of my brain that wasn't ever going to get to use if I didn't come up with something yeah. else. So what I started doing was going to the library and just wandering through the stacks of the nonfiction Uh and pulling out books that I was interested in. And I started reading sociology and psychology Mm -hmm. and self-help books and theater books and reading plays and reading biographies of people I was interested in. And that's what eventually led to my going to college and purely starting out with a theater class, a sociology class, a psychology mm. class, an interior design class, just on this pursuit of what do I want to do? Yeah. You know, and, and following the things that made me excited or that when I saw that listing for an acting class going, wow, <laughs> you know, psychology, ooh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was just following this path that I couldn't even see. Yeah. Blindly just going down this path of this sounds good. That was my trip, which is very interesting because again, I never thought 
here's what I want to do when I grow up. Anything outside of I want to be a mother. Yeah. But also at the point that I was really little, if you were a woman and you were going to have a career until you settled down to have a family, you were going to be a nurse or a teacher or a secretary or not. <laughs> like, yeah. You could be a waitress. But I mean, there weren't, it wasn't like do whatever you yeah. want. So that changed a lot. And if I had grown up 10 or 20 years later, I might have looked at things differently. Yeah. I might have had some better ideas when I was like in junior high and high school instead of like, I just have to get out of here. Mm -hmm. Were people supportive of you or what? what you know, my parents were always supportive mm -hmm. of me. I mean, my mother was always completely encouraging. But again, when I was growing up, it wasn't you can do anything. Yeah. You know, it was like, man, you're going to be a good mother. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're a good person. You know, I mean, I always got a, a, a lot of encouragement with like who I was as a human being. Mm -hmm. But, you know, nobody spent a lot of time going, hey, why don't you, you know, look over there. How about that over there? You know, well, it's interesting that you did the same thing I did, which I think a lot of people do. And that's when they try to figure out what they want to do, they go to the, to yeah. the library and they read. And what you're reading and what I've read are other people's stories. Those auto, those autobiographies, those biographies, um, those are other people's stories that they're sharing. You know, they yeah. realized where they come, where they came from. They realized, you know, what they learned from their childhood, their teens, their 20s, their 30s, and so on and so forth. Um, and they're sharing it. They're sharing it because they, they're they past the point of where you are of trying to find what you want to do. They passed that, and now they're sharing it with you. Right. Saying, they got yeah, there. Yeah, I was there. <laughs> this is what, you know, This I was there. Look, this is my story, but look at what you can do. There's always been somebody in the background willing to share their story, which I believe is the first part of anybody's journey is actually knowing and owning their story, good, bad and indifferent, and then sharing yeah. it because that's where you connect with other people. You connect with, oh, my God. Yeah, I felt the same way. You went there, too. Me, too. You felt that way. Me, too. You know, and it, yeah. and it, it, it then that starts, it gives you the confidence to be like, well, if they did it, I can do it. And wow, that's great. It, it gives you that excitement. It gives you the, the possibility, like you said, of I could be there. That could be me. Woohoo. Let's go. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so that's interesting that you say, you know, I always wanted to be a mom. I know when I was growing up, I always wanted, you know, I always wanted to be a mom. I always wanted to have a family, but I also wanted to be a career mom. At that, there was some type of change, in, I guess, in the 70s. And at that point in time, the one person that kept saying or planting a seed of what I could do or what I could become was grandpa. He used to wow. say, you're going to be a brain surgeon. I'm going to be your first patient. You're going to operate on me and make me smart. <laughs> And I used to crack, he used to make me laugh. It's like, oh, Grandpa, I'm not cutting open your skull and operating on your yeah, brain. Really. <laughs> but that's what he used to say. And, he, and I didn't realize it at the time. But looking back, when I got older, he was like motivating me. He was saying, you, oh, could, yeah. do, you could be anything you wanted to be. 
You know, anything you want to be, you can be it. And I believe you could be a brain surgeon and you're going to be more than you ever thought you could be. And then when I was in high school and I revealed that I wanted to go in the armed services, everyone was like, no, it's, you know, you're not going to survive. These men (laughs) and women are going to be in your face. You're going to get, you know, in trouble and you're going to get sent home. But I knew that's what I needed. I needed that structure and that discipline because I lacked that throughout my whole life. That's what I was going for. I needed that. Uh, So that was always something in the back of my head. What I want isn't necessarily good for me because I was told in high school, like, no, just go to college. Don't Don't go do that. And it was like, but that's what I wanted to do. That's I really wanted to be in the Air Force. I really wanted to fly planes. I wanted to be a Navy SEAL. Like these are things that I was like, I still think of to this day that I wish I could have gone to the Air Force. Like all my friends in high school were like traveled and are in the, were doing the Marines and this. And I'm, I'm so envious. Like, man, I wish I went to the Air Force. I could be flying, flying a helicopter right now, you know? <laughs> so I think, you know, what I've learned as a parent is when my son says, I want to do this, this, and that, I say, okay, great. If he wants to be a cop, but also design buildings and be an architect, you could be a a cop who builds buildings, you know? You could be it. Do that. You could do whatever you want and not discourage him. You know, yeah, being a cop, being a black, a little black boy now thinking he's going to be a cop scares the living shit out of me. But that's what he wants to do now. And it may not necessarily come to fruition as a police officer. The underlying thing for being a cop is protecting somebody, sticking up for others. So that underlying trait or character or desire can manifest in other things. So to squash it now is like telling him, no, you don't need to save people. You don't need to stick up for somebody. Just Go to school and be an engineer. That's it. Don't think about yeah. saving people or protecting your your community. It's too dangerous. It's too this. It's too that. Because I know that that underlying desire is some to be a cop is not just to wear a uniform and have a gun. What's great for Mason, what makes him so lucky, is that he's growing up with a woman who's going to help him really get it from the get-go, like really know what he wants to do and follow his his dreams and his heart and his passion. And I mean, wouldn't it be nice to to think that he's starting now? Imagine imagine his potential risk. No, you know? I, it's true. Oh well, that's... He's going to rule the world. <laughs> Mason, when you rule the world, I want you to continue to be kind. <laughs> and that's why I think me as a coach to moms and women or coaches, period, People, period, who are empowering other women to live their life to the fullest, to be the best them they could possibly be, is that it doesn't just stick with the person that is being coached. It branches out. It's energy that just it it just branches out like a tree, like a flower. It sprouts because your whole process of thinking changes so that when your son or your daughter or your husband or your friend or your cousin or your sister or your auntie, whoever it is, says something that you kind of like your ears perk up and like, whoa, why are you saying that about yourself? So when the woman is coached, the woman who does it all, she can take that same mindset that she's changed, that those same strategies and techniques 
and she can teach and mentor her kids, people around her, people that she meets. And so it just keeps spreading. And you could say one thing to one stranger that could change their whole day. That's huge. You may not even know it that you did that. But just to know, you, you may never meet the person that you said something to that totally changed their life or gave them a whole new perspective of life. But just knowing that you're sharing your knowledge and your wisdom and then not in a way where you're like, you should do this in an enlightening way. You're just thinking brilliant, too. I'm listening to you talk and I'm going, listen to her. <laughs> Thank you. <But> no. <laughs> 